Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. As the great Tom Petty said, the waiting is the hardest part. Everybody's waiting for the start of training camp, and everybody is waiting to hear what DeAndre Hopkins wants to do. Welcome into this edition of the Believe in Titans podcast, where we will uh, we will start by revisiting a popular topic from the last couple weeks: the, uh, the the Titans' continued interest in and pursuit of. DeAndre Hopkins, the Pro Bowl wide receiver, who is uh, who, who, there? No, there's no doubt they could use him. Um, as always, joined by former Titans cornerback Denard Walker. Denard, how are you? Doing good. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. And uh, John Glennon of the Nashville Post. John, welcome in. Thank you. Good to be here. As I've mentioned, of course, we, we've talked a lot about DeAndre Hopkins the last couple of weeks, but uh, but. Nothing has changed since uh, since last we discussed him. Uh, he hasn't hasn't publicized any visits to any other teams. It's just been the uh, the, the Titans and and the Patriots in recent days. Uh, the the only uh, the only difference is he uh, he tweeted this week. Whoever's in my future wide receiver group, I promise I will make your job easy. Which is. Uh, which I think everyone agrees as far as the Titans are concerned, that uh, that seems like not exactly going out on a limb. John, John, I'll start with you. Let's just let's just touch on this briefly. The fact that that he has not made a decision at this point. Good news, bad news for the Titans. How do you interpret that? Um, I actually interpreted the fact that he did not sign with New England, um, you know, right away as as a Big step, I thought, for the Titans. Um, the reason I, I I just started to kind of get some vibes, sort of based on what we were hearing, what we were seeing from his visit to New England, that things seemed to be a little closer to a signing there. Um, that that they sounded as if you know there there was more going on. Uh, you know, his, his good buddy, uh, the, the Patriots linebacker Matthew Judon, uh, passed on an Instagram photo of of he and Hopkins together in the locker room. Uh, you know, said La, La Familia, uh, you know, Mac Jones really talked him, talked up to Andre Hopkins, uh, you know, to the to the media, you know, right around the time of the visit as well. Um, and we got word, you know, whether it's completely accurate or not, we got word that, that the Patriots sort of made a really, you know, almost like a full court press uh, try at signing him, even kind of taking a second run at DeAndre Hopkins before he left town, even after that initial visit. And and to me, it seemed as if things were a little closer there to signing than than seemed to be with the Titans. So I thought the fact that he didn't sign with the Patriots was big because I think it, it it now seems to be more like on level ground now for the for the Titans and the Patriots. There's a little bit of distance in in both visits, um, you know, and, and it's a little bit um, you know, as I say, even ground, uh, but. You know, if you're DeAndre Hopkins, why make that decision, uh, um, you know, real quick when you can afford to wait? Nothing's going on right now. Training camp's not for another month or more so than that. Uh, you know, teams could make 
putts to get under a cap and uh, further afford him. Super Bowl contender could decide he's going to be he's going to be our guy. We need to have him. Or you know, even if he extended this into training camp and a player gets hurt, wide receiver gets hurt, all of a sudden that opens up a new door for him. So no reason to uh, to expect an immediate decision from Hopkins. But I did like the fact, for the Titans' sake, uh, I think it was important that uh, they they got out of that uh, New England situation. Denard, you you've you've been through the process of searching for teams. You've you've obviously talked to lots of players who go through the process. Uh, um, you know, you've talked about familiarity is a big deal, and and you know he's got familiarity with the Titans. He's got familiarity with the Patriots. There's other situations around the league that. Uh, that he's got some comfort with as well. Um, do you think this is a guy at this point who who has a pretty clear idea of of where he's going to end up, or do you think he's really, you know, sort of sorting through options still at this point? Well, personally, I think he's sorting through options because this might be his last time around. He's 31 years old. This is what going into his 11th year, so he's getting up in age. And he knows that sometimes as you kind of get up in age, your value decreases. So this might be his last chance at getting that big money that he's looking for. What you say he's looking for somewhere around 14, what was it, $11 million or something like that? I think 15 million. 15 million. So this might be the last shot for for D-Hop. But again, only D-Hop knows what's going on. But the fact that he didn't sign, and if I'm Tennessee, I'm still optimistic that, you know what, because I was thinking when he went up to New England and they, you know, rolled out the red carpet, they were going to go ahead and press him because that's what teams will do when they want you. They will go ahead and work out a contract right then and there. I know that happened to me and uh, when I went to Denver. I knew uh, when I got to Colorado, I wasn't coming back home and I wasn't going to be back in Nashville. So the fact that the, it's still on the table, if I'm Rand Carthon and I'm Mike Vrabel, I'm saying we still have a chance. We still got a shot at this. And when you go out in tweets, uh, especially if you're looking at that Titan uh, receiving core, John, y'all sent me something earlier about how poor of a grade that the Titans receivers received going into this season. So if I'm D-Hop, I'm looking right now saying, man, this is a team that's on the cups of doing something great. They're on the cups of a championship. They're two years removed uh, from winning the AFC. And you think about it, they have all the pieces in place. And didn't he say wasn't what he was looking for is a championship? I mean, has that not, has eluded him his whole career? Yeah, you know, and, and that's that's what I've sort of I've sort of focused on in the last week as as I've thought about this, it, it, the idea that uh, that that this is a guy who wants to wants to be in the playoffs, make a deep run, you, you know, see what he can do with things, and and as I've thought of that from that perspective, I almost feel like he, you know. He sees Kansas City and, you know, we've heard that, that Kansas City is a possible destination or Buffalo or or Cleveland and, you know, teams that are generally viewed as as in better situations or, or, or clearly in better in some cases, clearly better situations than the Titans going into this season. And I and, and I almost interpret this whole thing now as Tennessee and New England are sort of plan B for him. And and he was like, okay, if nothing works out with these teams that I think are clear-cut Super Bowl contenders, then I, I better know what my other options are. And, and, and I almost feel like last week was just that. It was sort of a, a fact-finding mission for him so that, uh, that, that if nothing does come from one of these other teams that he – 
he's expecting her at least thinks will uh, will eventually make him a bona fide offer then then it comes down to a, a choice between the Titans and Patriots. But I almost feel like right now that that is not the that is not the choice he he's trying to make or, or wants to make in either case that he's, uh, you know, maybe maybe he's waiting to see maybe Buffalo's telling him, you know, Stefan Diggs isn't happy here. We're we're going to try and do something with uh, with him. And once we move him out, we're going to have all the money we need to give you, chief. And you'll you know, you'll come in here and uh and be our number one guy or, or maybe Kansas city saying, you know, we, we've, we've got some things to work out. Just, just hang with this. Uh, you know, uh, Cleveland, certainly he, he, he would love to be with, uh, be with Deshaun Watson again. I'm sure. I mean, th- you know, those are the things that I'm looking at and like, okay, the familiarity here is great. You know, he's got plenty of familiarity in, in New England too, but, uh, but I don't, you know, no one's talking about either of those teams as Super Bowl contenders right now. So I, I almost feel like they're, they're his fallback positions and, and, you know, how they stack up one, two in terms of that might, uh, might ultimately be important. It, it, it might not. So we'll have to, we'll have to see. But uh, again, we'll we'll continue to wait and and watch that situation. I I, I want to talk though, as as we've discussed the offense, and anytime we've talked about anything with the offense this off season, uh, the subject of Derrick Henry comes up, and and naturally so. I mean, Derrick Henry is the the cornerstone of this offense, has been for years. Uh, he's coming into the final season of his contract. He's uh, he, he's uh, fast approaching the age that. Uh, that that scares people to death when it comes to uh comes to running backs you know he he bounced back last year from the foot injury uh the offense will be a little different this season with uh with new offensive coordinator Tim Kelly so uh um I, I, I'm I'm curious uh we'll start Denard with you do you think it's time do, do you think the Titans are finally looking at Derrick Henry and saying okay we're we're not going to we're not going to think 25 to 30 carries with him every game if it happens that we get there from time to time okay but but our plan is not to give him the workload that he's had the last few years or is it you know Derrick Henry's Derrick Henry until he shows us otherwise well the last two years they've drafted a back in the third and the fourth <laughs> round. <laughs> that's yeah. that's kind of letting you know uh, what the Titans are thinking. And not to mention, you're at that age, 29 years old. I know that Derek takes good care of himself. I know he works out here in Dallas. And, uh, man, and he looks amazing. I follow him. I troll him. That's what these young <laughs> kids call it today. And I like to just look at his workouts. And man, he is, he's lighting it up once again. And, and that's what you love about Derek is, is just, he gets better with age. Um, not a lot of running backs can say that. I know I actually had a chance to play against LaDainian Tomlinson and right after about 29 and 30, he was still putting up numbers. But as he got kind of in the early thirties, he started to slow down, especially when he got to New York. And I don't see that in, in the King. And when you look at his numbers, when you look at his, uh, rushing attempts last year 349 rushing attempts and if you look at it what over 15 what 1538 and it was an amazing year but we talked a lot about last year the fumbles so I think what's going to ha- happen with Derek this year I see this team if they can get Hassan Haskin and, 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 and cut those rushing attempts down and then not to mention you got the youngster Tajay Spears that they took in the third round. This can actually be a great thing. It can actually prolong his career 
rather than you trying to sit there and rushing him some, you know, with all these rushing attempts, because remember when a running back has, uh, when he's rushing for that many attempts, it, it puts him in, in, a, in a situation where you have to think about injuries. And we know that it's hard when you get this age sometimes to just heal up, uh, you know, like he's been doing, but that, that can be detrimental to the Tennessee team. And we saw that in 2021. John, if you're uh, if you're Tim Kelly, how uh, how heavily do you think you can lean on him, or or does does a, a fresh offensive coordinator here make it easier to think, okay, this is a guy who will be good with 225 carries, and and we've got other things we can do with the offense. Yeah, it's always interesting when you, when you, the the whole Derek uh, Henry uh, fewer carries dilemma in my mind is that. You know, sure, you know, you, you might like to see fewer of the Derrick Henry first down plow into the line, get one yard, you know, and, and move on at second and nine kind of situations. Um, but on the other hand, you know, Derrick Henry is a guy that we have seen who is generally at his best when he's hitting those 20 to 30 carries per game. And in order to have those, you've got to have your share of the bang into the line get the one or two yards wear down defensive linemen over time so that in the fourth quarter and when your carries start piling up, that's when you start to have the uh, the, the bigger runs, third and fourth quarter. Uh, so it's a little bit of a dilemma there. Uh, um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, we, we saw some signs uh, in in the numbers last year, not, not huge signs by any stretch, but, you know, the yards per carry is down about a yard from where it was when, when he was at the top of his – uh, game a couple of years ago, and, and yards after contact has slipped a little bit. Not nothing huge, but just a little bit as as well. So you know, I I think they have to trim the the carries back, uh, you know, somewhat. And I think the fact that we saw so much of Tajay Spears in the off season, um, you know, really getting a lot of work. I, I think that's another sign that they're going to try and get him some work, cut back on the on the Derrick Henry carries just uh, just a little bit. Uh, as well. So, um, you know, I, I, if I had to guess, you know, in, in terms of maybe numbers for, for Derrick Henry this year, um, you know, maybe if you factor in maybe a game or two missed, I'll say he's going to average about 20 carries per game for about 15 games. So that gives him 300 carries, which for most running backs is a lifetime, but for Derrick Henry is a breather. Uh, um, you know, and, and if we're saying he keeps a similar to average last year, it's about 1,250 yards for the season. And, and I'll throw in about nine touchdowns as well uh, for Derrick Henry. So my, what might seem like, you know, a down year for Derrick Henry is still going to wind up being one of the AFC's best. But I do think, you know, a new offensive coordinator, um, you know, a, a new and, and talented running back as well. I do think there will be some slight change. You can't change too much when you only have limited per- personnel in the passing attack, which is the case for the Titans right now. Yeah, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that because of the foot injury, just because of the wear and tear of of the workload and the position that he plays. I mean, the the days of 2019 and 2020. I, I you know I hope people enjoyed them because you know, it's not going to look like that anymore. And and you, you really kind of saw it already last year where, 
you know, and I, I know we've discussed this a little bit. There were times that in the past you think, oh, that was, you know, that would have been a touchdown or a long touchdown run. And, and either he got stopped in the second level or he got he got caught from behind. So, you know, the, the chances of him having another 2000 yard season are, are pretty much slim to none to me. But when, it, when, when you're talking about the question of his workload, uh, I do think there is there is reason to feel comfortable that he can still be, you know, kind of exactly what he's been in terms of trying to beat on and, and wear down defenses. He, keep in mind, he'll turn 29 in January, which is the week of the uh, the final regular season game. And, and I went back and looked, and over the last 15 years, there have been 16 times in the NFL that, that a back 29 or older – has has carried 250 plus times in a season. So, uh, you know, it, it's it's hardly unprecedented for a guy at his age to to get up into that range. Frank Gore, for example, did it five years or actually six years in a row, starting in, in the season he was uh, he was 28 years old, and and three times they, there are guys who are who have topped uh, 300 carries at at 29 or older. The last to do it. Was Adrian Peterson in 2015 when uh, when he was 30, and that's uh, and that's one of the top five rushing attempts totals of all time that uh, that, that he had. That uh, or no, excuse me, it was the that was the fourth time. I'm reading my notes wrong. It was the fourth time in his career that he topped 300 yards. Uh, another thing is uh, another thing to keep in mind is that that Derrick Henry for all the carries that he's had for the Titans over the last several years. He's only got two of the top 10 attempts totals in franchise history. Uh, Earl Campbell and Eddie George have the other eight between them. And, uh, and, and think about this, you know, both those guys were the every down pound the defense backs from the moment they walked in the league as, as rookies. Whereas, Derrick Henry, in his uh, his first three seasons, he only averaged 167 attempts per season. It, you know, it wasn't until uh, it, it wasn't until the latter part of 2019 that he uh, that that he really got uh, really got rolling in this thing. Or excuse me, 2018 that he really got got rolling in this thing. So uh, you know, Earl Earl kind of hit the cliff and fell off at 29. Eddie made it to uh, 30. That was his last season with with. 300 plus carries. So Derrick Henry doesn't have the wear and tear those guys did. He's got another couple decades of, of sports science and training techniques to his benefit. And, and as Denard said, if anybody wants to know about his training, you can, you can watch him on Instagram and, and, and he makes it very clear too. Like he's not a guy who does it because he has to, he likes being in the gym. He likes putting in that work. So I, you know, I, I think, uh, I think Tim Kelly is going to find what uh what Todd Downing found, what Arthur Smith found and 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 what uh what Matt LaFleur figured out late in his one season as as the Titans coordinator which is that you know once once Ed, once Derrick Henry gets rolling you you can have all these other plans and all these other things on your call sheet but uh but you just you just find you're going to want to give it to him over and over again and and I don't see any reason that that he can't get to 250 easy and and maybe not get to 300 again this year. So you give him 300 and how many yards? 300 and I you know I I think uh 
I, de- depending on how much help he gets from the past game, I, I mean, they, they, they've got to do something to, to loosen up the defense. So I, I would think he'd, he'd be somewhere around where he was last year if they, you know, if Tannehill can stay healthy and they can find some answers in the passing game. If if not, then then it's gonna then it's gonna turn into a slog where maybe his yards per carry, you know, falls down into the three and a half, 3.6 yards range. So, you know, whatever, whatever that gets you, maybe a little over a thousand to, to 1200, which will, which will be a disappointing season for sure. I, I'm, I'm certain for a lot of folks, but. Uh, Might end up leading the league. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he's, you know, he's just, he, he he's still going to be, he's still just going to be too important for this team. And, and as long as he doesn't, you know, doesn't blow out a knee or something like that. I I don't see why he can't can't continue to pile up the carries. Denard, you you saw you saw Eddie when he started. You know, like when he he had the toe injury and and was never quite the same. But still, I mean, he he was effective even when when he he wasn't the same guy there. Right? I mean, it, that, it, it, I mean, earlier on was that like the Eddie that went to Dallas? Because I no, was no no like but but like in in two thousand uh, you know two thousand one. Uh, um, you know, when, when Eddie was, you know, he, he was still carrying 300 times a year, but, but he wasn't as fast as he was. His, his yards per carry was sort of in, in a steady decline there. I mean, but, 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 Eddie, you know, you were in that locker room. I mean, Eddie was still the man the, the whole time, right? I mean, there's no. something to be said about a guy like that. Well, I was in the lock. I wasn't in the locker room in 2001. You remember I got paid. Oh, 2000 was your last Colorado. year. I, I yeah, apologize. I was, I was yeah. In- Breckenridge, <laughs> but uh, I can say earlier on, you know, and John, you, you, David, you made a great point about, you know, when Derek first came into the league, he didn't necessarily have to pile on all those carries, and we saw that with, of course, Earl Campbell. That's what led to his demise in the yeah. game. The fact that Bond Phillips ran Earl until Earl ran right into the ground, and I mean, they talked about that, but Earl said he wouldn't change a thing, and we saw that with Eddie. I was there. 97 through 2000 and, and believe me 90 percent of our offense it went right through number 27 everybody knew we were going to run the ball and we're going to pound you and the fact that at some point it catches up with guys uh you see it all the time so that's why it's so important uh for a running back when you can add depth and i think uh if we can watch tajay spears or hassan haskins who runs just like garrick i mean he's a bruising back we saw that at michigan and if you can just give him a little help, but it, it, it'll just prolong his career. Cause you know, when guys start to get older, I don't care how much you work, the wear and tear of the game, it, it starts to take its toll on you. And what helps a, a player, especially as you start to age, David and John is when you can have death and you don't necessarily have to take or run the ball, you know, 20 or 30, you know, 25 times a game. So again, I like to see Tim Kelly this year kind of minimize it, let him go because as, as the, when he gets going, I mean, he gets better. We saw that last year. I mean, he's, he hasn't lost a step. But, again, I just think until they do something with the perimeter game uh, and get some of the guys out of the box, I mean, they're going to be teeing off on him. And when you tee off on, on one person, it, it'd be, he'd be lucky if he could make it through a season 2023. I'll be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. Uh, on the flip side, and while we're talking about projections here, John, I think I think the one guy who maybe – Everybody who cares about the Titans is optimistic about is is second year tight end Chig Okonkwo, who uh you know caught uh what do you have thirty two catches four hundred fifty yards three touchdowns uh last year uh 
he, he, you see, you see the, these stories at this time of year about, you know, potential breakout players. And he's consistently mentioned there, uh, you know, as you look at John, as you're looking at this, what, what kind of numbers are you, are you expecting from Chigo Conquo? How accurate are these projections of him being one of the league's breakout players this year? I like, uh, I like the potential for, for old Chig here going into year two for, for a few different reasons. Um, one of them is simply the fact that the new offensive coordinator, Tim Kelly, uh, you know, was passing game coordinator last year, but he spent, you know, uh, the vast majority of his time was spent watching and working with the tight ends last year. Uh, so he got a front, uh, front and center, uh, view of, you know, what Chigo Conquo brings to the equa- equation, um, what he can bring to this team. Um, and we all know also that the Titans are lacking in, in big play kind of guys, explosive kind of guys. That's uh, exactly what Chigo Conquo kind of displayed last year, especially towards the latter half, or, you know, of the season as his production ramped up. Uh, um, you look at uh, some of the uh, some of the interesting numbers from PFF uh, last year in terms of how Chigo Conquo fared against the tight ends. Yards per catch, number one among 47 tight ends, 14 yards a catch. Yards after the catch per reception, number two at almost eight yards. And lastly, yards per route run kind of measures your efficiency, number one among the tight ends at 2.6 yards a carry. All that says to me, get Chigo Conquo the ball. Uh, it's not like there's a ton of outside a wide receiver threats outside of Burks that the Titans have to get the footballs to. So I see him catching a lot of passes this year. Um, I'm going to come close, too far away, to maybe even coming close to doubling his his catches from last year. I'm going to say he's up in the maybe in the 55-ish uh, realm for for catches in year two. Uh, maybe giving him around 650 yards or so. Uh, about about five t- touchdowns. I'm I'm kind of bullish on uh, I'm Chig. I like I like what I've seen so far. Denard, uh, this is a golden age for tight ends with guys like Travis Kelsey certainly leading the way. Uh, you know, can, can the Titans start to get, you know, I mean, let's not call him Travis Kelsey here, but can they start to approach that kind of production with uh, with a guy like Chig Okonkwo? Well, I hope so because he is the bright spot on that offense. If you look at it, and again, your offensive coordinator, before he was the offensive coordinator in Houston, he was a tight end coach, so he knows how to utilize tight ends. And not to mention, I, I just see Chig. You know what, David? You know what we love about Chig is the versatility. Let's just not mention him as a tight end. They line him up at fullback. They yeah. line him up against the Colts at uh, running back, at tailback, and it confused the whole Colts defense. And that's what you Todd Downing's brightest yeah. moment of the whole year. <laughs> that, that, that was the fact. I, I, yeah, we was on Todd Downing for that. I thought Todd Downing was trying to get fired after that game. But then it, it messed up everybody, even us. But again, I just love his versatility. I mean, you don't necessarily have to, you can now Austin's gone. So now you can put Chig out in that slot uh, or kind of like that two receiver slot set or that, that I like to call it a, a, like a double set. But just think, David, I was thinking about this. If you can get D hop into, let's say they get him here in Nashville and you got trailing and D hop and say, you got Cal Phillips um, in the uh, slot. then guess what? That leaves one-on-one matchups with Trigg. He's too big for defensive backs, and he's too fast for linebackers. As Zaire Franklin in that game up in Indy last year when yeah. he learned him. So, again, if that can happen, man, I'm telling you what, 
John and David, we may see him close to a thousand yards because this might be Ryan's X factor for next season. Yeah, I, I went back and looked, and I found what I think is an interesting comparison. Greg Olson, the uh, the recently retired tight end, who uh, as a rookie with Chicago had 39 catches, 391 yards, two touchdowns, very similar numbers to what Chig had last year, um, and, and their offense. Kyle Orton was at quarterback. Uh, it, it was built around running back Matt Forte. You know, you you can you, you can draw some some similarities there, some comparisons to what the Titans are done and are, are doing in terms of a a run centric offense. And and Greg Olson came back the next year, fifty four catches, five hundred seventy four yards, and five touchdowns. He improved his catches by over thirty eight percent. His uh, his yards by more than forty six percent. And uh, and using that math, you apply that math to Chig's numbers, uh, puts him at 44 catches, John, right where you were uh, in terms of yards, 661 yards and uh, and about seven touchdowns, which which almost feels like conservative numbers to me for Chig. But uh, but that's uh, that's kind of what you're looking at with this guy. I, I would say that's the that's the baseline of where he can go. And uh, it, it could be much more than that. But uh we have to go and say goodbye at this point. Uh, that That is a wrap on this episode of Believe in Titans. As always, Denard Walker, thank you. Thank you. John Glennon, thank you. I enjoyed it. And we will, uh, we will talk to you again soon on Believe in Titans. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.